0: Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast
1: where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement
0: for everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them with the good news of Jesus Christ.
2: Well, it's the last senior chapel of the semester, and uh, we're rounding it up with, uh, well, hello, there's some folks back there I don't know. You look familiar, though. I don't know why. Were you ever in jail? (laughs) Just kidding. You're who's dad?
1: Susie's dad and
3: Seth Williams' grandfather.
2: That's awesome. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, okay. Now I'm putting it together. Welcome to chapel. Come on, let's welcome these folks today. Good to see you. All right. And uh, I'm going to put my name in for the gas card. (laughs) I was thinking about we, Darcy and I haven't been on a date for a while, so I thought about taking her somewhere expensive. And I thought we'd go down to Whitney Sitco and just watch people pump gas. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere expensive. <laughs> we got three. Man, we got three men to finish up our senior chapels for the semester, and uh, we're excited about this today. <laughs> Mr. Trembley, Mr. Var, Var, Var. Varhees, Varghese, Mr. Johnny, and then, uh, Favor, Mr. Wanyama is gonna be preaching. Have you, are you guys, do you guys have an order? You already got that set up? You're gonna, you already picked it up? You know what you're gonna do? How many are ready to receive something from the Lord today? I mean, for real, like every, every time. I've been, so, I've been so proud of the messages and the messengers that I've heard throughout this semester. It's touched my heart, and not only that, but you guys that are leading the service, and so I came hungry. I need something from the I didn't come, I need, so, how many of you need something from the Lord today? Like, I need something for the Lord. So is it Mr. Tremblay that's coming first, the finest dressed man in the building? Come on, welcome Mr. Michael Tremblay.
3: you <laughs> good, buddy. you good.
1: hello <laughs> uh, if you guys could go into your uh, Bibles hopefully you have one to Luke chapter 7 and the other text that I'm just gonna go to is first John but uh, yeah so that's Luke 7 and first John chapter 4 I-, I was preparing this message and um, you know I was like kind of unsure about it and then I went to uh, dinner this week with a family in my church and their six-year-old daughter said something that, um, you know, that I was like, what is the most important thing? And she said, she said this, she goes, she's six years old, she goes, probably the most important thing is that you love God. And I didn't ask her. She just, she just said that randomly in conversation. And, and my message tonight um, is to love Christ and to love one another. That's the title. That's the point. And, um, you know, I'll tell you the purpose right off the bat. It's to love Christ and to love one another. (laughs) So in Luke uh, chapter 7, verse 47 and 48... Uh, verse 47, it says this. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And I just want to read on. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This text, man... One thing right off the bat. One message may not change your life. You may go to church time and time again. You may go to chapel time and time again. But... What you need to get from every single service that you ever go to is that you need to fall in love with Christ. You need to be so in love with Him that it changes the way that you live. And you know what? I'll be honest. Like, there are times where I've failed. There are times where I've gone astray. There are times where I haven't succeeded in that to the fullest, where it seems impossible to love God in the way that I know that I should. But Jesus calls us to the standard. And this woman, she was filled with compassion knowing that who she was didn't really matter anymore. You see, the people in this place, all they saw in her, all they saw in her was a prostitute, a broken woman, someone not worth anything. And Jesus saw her, and without even saying a word, she knew she was forgiven. And in that, what came out of her was a love and a compassion for a savior who had changed her entire life in one moment. This woman was not saved because of her love for Christ. She was saved because she believed that he was the Son of God. And she believed it before she even walked into that room. But from that faith, there was a love that was stirred in her. And it led her to do this crazy thing of of, of crying at this man's feet and wiping his his feet with her hair. A crazy act of compassion, of love for, for a Savior... Jesus knew who she was he knew what she had done yet he forgave her for her worst sins and Simon this guy this Pharisee that is also in this text he struggled to see the woman for more than her sin all he called out in her was who she was and what he saw when I uh first encountered God I was at youth group in 2014 in October and I don't remember a single sermon (laughs) that first year of knowing God and but one thing I do remember is this there was an encounter that I had with God where I knew that he loved me more than anyone else could in this life and it was from that love that I recognized (laughs) that (laughs) it was from that love that I recognized that I loved him too and and his love wasn't based on me it was based on who he was and how good he was (laughs) And that leads me to this. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 19, it says this, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Mm -hmm. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I just have a couple of points for this. And I, right off the bat, um, I don't want you guys to think I'm perfect in this because I I, I fall short in this. There are people that I struggle to love. But that's not the standard that that God wants me to stay at or any of you. The world will know us by our love for one another. Jesus said that. (laughs) He also said this. He said, In the last days the love of many will grow cold. So it's no wonder that this would happen in the church. It shouldn't surprise us, but we should be aware of it. We should be aware of it for ourselves, not looking at other people, but aware of it for ourselves. The woman could see Jesus, but we can see one another. I have a quote from, from John Calvin. Um, And it says this, It is a false boast when anyone says that he loves God, but neglects his image, which is before his eyes. In chapter 5, I just want to continue on because this whole text, it doesn't just end like, Oh man, there's the cut in the letter and that's it. He continues on. In verse 5, verse 1, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. There is no such thing as a second-class Christian. As soon as you believe in Jesus, you're equal with every single brother and sister that also believes in him. So how dare I look at someone else as lesser than me and love them any less than Jesus would. We know we love, in verse 2, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. We try to make it so hard, so freaking hard. (laughs) There's literally two commands that Jesus gives when he's asked what the most important thing is. And this is what he says, love God and love your neighbor. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind. strength and soul and love your neighbor as yourself you'll fulfill everything else the Bible commands to do if you do those two things verse 4 for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith and who can win this battle against the world only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God There's victory in believing that Jesus is the Son of God, and there's victory loving him for who he is and loving your neighbor for what God has done in them. Regardless of who you are, victory can only come through faith in Christ. And in verse 6, I'll close with this. It's just the text, really. And Jesus was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit who is truth confirms it with this testimony. So we have three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, uh, I just want to stop right there. It's so easy, and I'm guilty of this too, it's so easy to believe gossip or what you read on social media, but man, sometimes it's really hard for people to believe the testimony of Christ in the Bible. You know, there are conspiracy theorists who believe all these crazy things, but as soon as you talk about God, it's like, you're crazy. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to me, but with us, it's like we're so quick to believe the word of someone else next to us, even if they're telling us a lie, but we're very slow when it comes to believing what the word actually says about us, what it says about those people, since we believe human testimony. Verse 9, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar. Because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. I'll close with three things. It's, not, it's just a sentence. There's this girl, Nevaeh. I probably shouldn't have said her name, but it's too late now. Um, I won't tell you where this story happened. It was the most radical transformation I've ever seen in my life. Um, she, she did not believe in God, and the day before, she was getting in fights with uh, other people, and I was watching it happen. And I'm like, man, God, change your heart. And in one instant, God just rocked her entire world. <laughs> And there were other Christians, when she gave her heart to the Lord, were still mad at her for the things that she had done the day before. And what this girl did is she forgave them, and she wasn't mad at them at all. She didn't retaliate at all. It was instantaneous. Why? Because she loved God, and she loved them. And it was the easiest thing for her to understand. We try to overcomplicate the gospel so much, but there's one thing, and two things that people will understand, is loving God and loving your neighbor. A mean Christian is still a Christian made in God's image. Like, if someone is mean to you here or out in the world, they're still made in God's image, and you're still called to love them. And I'll close with this quote. Joe, six years old, probably the most important thing is that you love God. Thank you.
3: Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, Mike. This whole Bible is the love story. <clears throat> this is the love letter that the Lord has given to us. I'm so happy when you read the Bible, it's all about love. Talk about love. Love from Genesis to Revelation. Love, 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 love. <laughs> It is so sweet. It is so sweet. So God God for the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I'm going to build on the love. But a little disappointing here. I don't have any title for my message. <laughs> it's so sad for a four-year, <laughs> for a four-year student who have been in class not to have a title for the sermon. However, I want you to listen clearly to this sermon, because I want you to help me come up with a title <laughs> when the when I'm done, okay, do you all agree? Are we all on the same page? Yes. The other good news is my sermon has at least some, uh, it has the main text and it has the three points. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Uh, But not the other, not the three points like the last time, okay? I'm paying attention to my professor is here, Professor um, Dr. Bell. uh, And today is the real three points, hallelujah. (laughs) So Exodus 4 verses 1 to 5, just before I read, a little background here. Uh, we are beginning with the story of Moses in the wilderness. He's been called in ministry and the Lord appears to him uh, in the burning bush. We all know about that story. And then God calls him to go and deliver the children of Israel from bondage in uh, in Egypt. And then something happens. God equips him so there's calling there's equipping and there's sending God calls him those are not the three points, but here, but at least you're getting the attention. God calls him. <laughs> God equips him. How does he equip him? He tells him what to go and say. He begins by saying, what will I say? And the Lord tells him, do this, say this. You know, go tell them this way. Yeah, I am, I am that I am has sent you. So God equips him with something. He didn't just send him empty. Now we pick up from there in chapter 4. And the Bible says, then Moses answered and said, now he has been equipped. But he's still wanting, I don't know what he's wanting. I can't tell you. Because he already has the word. But there's something. Moses is still troublesome. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe or listen to my voice suppose they will not uh, believe or listen to my voice the Lord has uh, uh, the Lord has not appeared to you so the Lord said to him in other words he was asking a question if they don't believe in me that the Lord has sent you what will I do so the Lord answered him in verse 2 with a question what is in your hand? And he said, A rod. Oh. <laughs> cast it down to the ground. So he cast it down to the ground, it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand. Oh. uh, uh, And take it by the tail, and he reached out his hand and caught it by the tail, and became a rod again. If I was Moses, that was enough miracle for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, honestly, I wouldn't need anything else. Like throw, uh, I'll be throwing it ten times. (laughs) I don't need any other. Anyway, let's continue. It was just amazing, caught it behind it. And then the Lord God uh, Lord God of the, your father, the God of Abraham, like that's what you tell them, the Lord God of your father and the Lord God of Abraham and the Lord God of Isaac and the Lord God of uh, uh, Jacob has appeared to you. <laughs> so that is a very powerful thing that caught my attention because the Lord has called us into ministry. If you want to know the heart of God, the great, the great Commission is the heart of God. It is all embedded into the sending of His Son. And I believe that is also the mission of this college. The Great Commission. That's why we are here. We need to get it so clear. It needs to be in us. It needs to be embedded in us. But most of the time, we complain. We doubt. We get fear. Fear uh, grips us. Just like Moses... As you read from the beginning, there's something, that second question is bringing fear in him. But God is showing him there's something that you have already, I've already equipped you. Now there's something that you need to do for you to go into the ministry. There's something, there's something that the Lord has put in each one of us. And so we are beginning with uh, the first point, therefore, instead of complaining and worrying and uh, wondering what to do, the Lord, I don't know whether this one is working, oh yes, there we go, (laughs) the Lord wants you, number one, for you to be successful in ministry, to start where you are—that is very key. It has to be embedded in you. It has to be very clear in you. Where you are is where the Lord wants you to be. Is where the Lord wants you to begin with. He's not asking you to go somewhere that you cannot be. He asked. Uh, uh, he asked Moses because Moses has been from Egypt. He knew Moses knows Egypt, that was his hometown. So he was asking him to begin at his home. That was his Jerusalem. And that's where the Lord is calling us into ministry. If you go and read Ezekiel chapter 3, you'll find an interesting story about the watchman. The Bible says in chapter 3 of Ezekiel, God spoke to him and first of all, it's an amazing word because the Bible says God equipped Ezekiel. He gave him the word, the scroll to eat, kind of like a Chick-fil-A scroll. (laughs) He ate the scroll and the scroll was sweet. Must be an American food. Everything is sweet. (laughs) He ate the scroll, and the scroll was sweet. Because in Africa, we have sour food. (laughs) In India, they have very spicy food. In America, it's something sweet. So it must be an American (laughs) salmon. Hallelujah. (laughs) So, he ate the scroll, and the scroll was sweet. And the Bible says, after he ate the scroll, Listen to this. After he hit the scroll, he was commanded to go. And if you read that word clearly, you will find something, a very interesting word that I found. Now. Immediately after he'd been equipped, God sent him now. That word now denotes urgency has to be done now immediately because people are dying hallelujah it is in the most in the uh, in the way in the call of Moses the word now is there in the call of Joshua now therefore my servant has died rise up now therefore and go over this Jordan God. Calls you to go. But he has to equip you. And after equipping you, don't wait. It has to be immediately. Yeah. And I'm sure you have been equipped. The moment you received Christ, the Lord equipped you. The moment you stepped in these doors, you signed the letter for ministry. Yeah. And you said, I want to serve Jesus. That's where the Lord is calling us to. We are all disciples of Jesus in the Great Commission. I know if you read that uh, Matthew 28 from verses 18 to 20 about the Great Commission, you'll find something interesting. The Lord is not sending the fivefold ministry. Yes it is good. They are good. The uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. They are all good. But the Lord is sending the disciples. You know who are disciples? The followers of Jesus. And so you and me are the followers of Jesus. So God is sending us into the harvest harvest field. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a evangelist. You don't have to be a prophet. You only need to be a true disciple of Jesus. Hallelujah. And respond yes to the gospel. So God is sending you. That should be the first thing. Start where you are. The second thing you need to do is you need to use What you've got in your hand. For Moses, it was the stick, and the Lord used what he had in his hand to do miracles, to deliver his people. Salvation is earned without you doing anything by grace. But for you to go to the ministry, you have to identify something. There's a gifting, there's a special gifting that the Lord has put in your life. Every believer, you only need to identify. Every believer has a special gift, has a special talent that the Lord has put in you. You only need to identify some of you maybe it it can be even smiling like me hallelujah <laughs> But whatever the Lord has put in you, some of you, you don't need all of you to speak. You, you may not even have the best language. You may not even have the best, uh, whatever, vocabularies to speak, so to speak. But God has put you something in you, like can, music, guitar. You can just play that music and people come to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's possible, but identify something and then pray. Hallelujah! <laughs> There must be something that the Lord has put for in you that is so unique that sets you apart for ministry. Sure. For Joshua, it was a trumpet. Yeah. The Bible says he used the trumpet. Can you imagine the trumpet going around the city seven times and the Bible says he blew the trumpet. Hallelujah. <laughs> for Samson, it was the sling. Uh, for David, it was the sling and the fire five strong. For Samson, it was the donkey's jaw. The Bible says, with that donkey jaw, he slew a thousand men. Hallelujah. It was an anointed jaw. Hallelujah. <laughs> but God has to get hold at least of something. I'm amazed that the miracles in the Bible, God has always used something for that miracle. Yeah. Not all, but exactly most of them, there has to be something. Has to be something that God gets hold of it for a miracle to happen. Hallelujah! Yeah. There has to be something that God holds on. Yeah. He used that stone went because David had it. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. And the Bible says that the our the, that thing that you need to. Because I can go on and go on, and I don't want to waste my time. The third thing is do what you can do. Once you identify what you have, because each one of us has a special gift, now use that gift. Do something about it. Hallelujah. Do something about it, and the Lord, however small it is, the Lord will do the rest. Moses was just told to throw down because he was told the power of God, God is the one who has the power. The power is not in your weakness. But God is the one who will do everything. You only need to identify your gifting. And in that weakness and in that small gifting that you have, the Lord will do great things. Hallelujah. The Lord will do great things. Do anything. Do what you can. He's not asking you to do something you cannot do. He's asking you to do what you can do. Only do what you can do. Strike the water. Can you imagine how to strike the water? Do you need any schooling to do that? Because he stood on river, on, uh, on the Red Sea, and all what was required to do was strike the water, and the water be parted with the same rod. I will do it 10,000 times if I was asked, Pah! <laughs> That's what he was told to do, what he can do, because he could not be able to, to come up with a sermon and speak and do everything, but he at least strike the water, says. <laughs> and the moment he did it, the Lord did the rest. Amen. The moment you are able to do what you can do, because God is not you looking for Perfect perfectionists. No, he's looking for weak people like you and me, but he's ready to do great things. We only need to do what we can do, he will do out the rest. Hallelujah. Peter, the Bible says, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, rise up. See what Peter did? He caught him by the right hand. He did what he could do. If if, if he only spoke the name without holding him and trying to lift him up, there couldn't be a miracle. But the Bible says the moment he held him... Power came into his bones. Hallelujah! Yeah! Do what you can do. The Lord will do the rest. God bless you. The three points: start where you are, use what you can, uh, you've got, and do what you can do, and the Lord will do the rest. God bless you. Amen. Wow.
0: Thank you, thank you. Good job, Pastor Evans. Good job Michael. You guys, oh man. God's ways are amazing. One thing that I was just thinking about from this from this morning onwards is, man, his ways are so good. Do I look back at the past, there's only one thing I can say. He's good, he's faithful, and his love endures forever, no matter what happens, no matter what you go through. And to the class, to the senior class, seeing you guys from public speaking to now. Ah, you guys are amazing, and I'm just excited for what God's gonna do in this earth in the last days, in this end time. Raising up ministers, raising up men and women of God to just take off, to, to take over the world, and to defeat the enemy that's already defeated. We don't have to do anything like that was already preached. So, getting to my sermon now. Oh. As uh, Michael preached about the love, loving God, loving people, Pastor Evans preached, you, you are called, you are equipped and you are sent. And uh, I got this sermon like two months ago when I was thinking about senior preaching, when, uh, when it started and I'm like, God, what is it that you want me to tell? And it, it was such a weird spot. But then before I get to this, I'm so sorry, I should have done this earlier. Ma, Thank you so much for fulfilling the call in your life and for letting me do this because I never thought that I could come back here for my fourth year. I thought I had to stay back home but then it's because you followed the call of God because you said yes to God and no to people that I can stand here and preach God's word. Thank you and thank you pastor what thank you fa- of, of faculty and staff i'm so sorry that was such a hard word uh thank you guys so much you guys have poured in a lot into us and it's such a blessing to just stand here like in front of you and to preach the word and every time i preach the word i take it as a big credit as a big in your face satan because because doctors told my parents that i would not be able to talk at the year of two but then here i am preaching about him about what he's done about about his goodness it's all because of him. Okay. Now, getting back to my sermon. Uh, Yeah, so two months ago, God just dropped this word like it was in the bathroom. Uh, Like... (laughs) No that's the place where um, God just talks a lot to me. I just talk to him, that's it. Let, let, let's just leave it there. Okay <laughs> Oh yeah, I was thinking if I had to tell the place or not. Okay, so so I was there. Um, and then I was just thinking, God, what is it that you want me to tell? What's it that you want me to preach about? And then he just dropped these two words, uh, the war horse and a race horse. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. So before I get there, uh, the verse that I'm going to read from is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, sorry, Dr. Bell, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 8. Yeah, you got to tell it twice so that the people have time to get to their passage. (laughs) and I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then I said here I am Lord send me that's what I was talking about. Like Pastor Evans just preached like like the, I don't know, like the introduction to, to my sermon. Like, like about where do you have to do it, what do you have and do what you can. And what I'm going to preach about is what is our attitude when we are out in the ministry. What's the goal, what's the purpose that we are in ministry for. So yes, whom shall I send and uh, the next slide is... Man, here I am, send me. Cool, thank you. Uh, so now, so now, talking about the war horse versus a, a race horse. Yeah, too much animations. Gotta do it in the 21st century. Okay, war horse versus a race horse. And so when I was thinking about it two months ago, when 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 God spoke spoke to me about this for the first time, I'm like, God, what's in this that you want me to tell? That to the student body, and I'm like, God, can you can we can we just start from a passage please? Because that'll be that'll be much easier, much better. Start from a passage, we can build on that. And and then these two were the words that God just dropped in my heart. And <laughs> There were three lessons that he gave to me from it. And when I went into like looking into a war horse and the stuff that it has to go through, it just reminded me of Faith Baba College International and the four years that we are here for. Whether horses were trained to pull chariots to be ridden as light or heavy cavalry or to carry the arm, uh, armored knight, much training was required to overcome the horse's natural instincts to flee from noise, the smell of blood and the confusion of combat. The reason that God brought us here is to get rid of some natural instincts in our life. (laughs) because God's done that in me these four years that I look back man the person that came here and the person that's now God's done a lot of things like he's grown me in ways that I never thought I would grow and even even in losses even in gain God's just shown me how good he is how faithful he is and if I just hold on to him that's all that I need so so three lessons from from these two characters the war horse and the race horse so going to the first one Lesson one is who gets the glory? Okay. Uh, I need. Yeah. So looking looking at these. Uh. First, I'll go to the horses. You know. Once once you go to Google. Google's the best thing to just 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 just, just search for things there. So so when you look at the top five race horses. Like like it gives you Man of War. Uh. All all those names. Some some names are hard for me to pronounce. So I'm not gonna try it. So so you get those five names of those horses. But then one thing that I noticed is you don't you don't get the rider's name with it. <laughs> The the person that rides the horse, their name is not there, it's just the name of the horse and their record and the years that they raced. And then once you go to the top five warriors, it's Alexander the Great, we all know him, and 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 the rest of the characters. But then you don't find something else with the top five warriors, the names of their horses. Once we go into ministry, when we are here, I believe that ministry has already started once we walked in through the doors, as Pastor Evan said. And it's amazing how God's timing is, because I never knew that I would be preaching one day before we leave on impact. Because, because the word God just gave me is, who gets the glory? You know, a lot of ministries out there, a lot of preachers out there want their name to be out there. You go talk to their people, they can talk about the preacher, they can talk about their pastor more than they can talk about Jesus. But then let us be a ministry. Let us be people who go into ministry glorifying God, proclaiming Jesus, because that's what the world needs. The world does not need another ministry. The world does not need another Jonathan. What the world needs is Jesus. Because that's the name that sets people free. That's the name that does the impossible and so yeah that, that was lesson number one lesson number two this This is a short sermon because for me, what I want to do is in the in the end, I just want us to pray together because I just believe that I just like like prayer changes things like we cannot see things like like things that we don 't see in the natural prayer brings it into revelation for us. So lesson number two is the ground the ground that the war horse does its in and the racehorse does its stuffing. Wow, that, that just sounded so weird. Okay. So the ground. the the war horse you know once once it goes to war it does not know the territory that it's going to like it's what the what the warrior that that's riding it tells it to go the war horse just goes there like maybe it's a ground that's never occupied before maybe it's a ground that's never taken over before maybe it's some territory that the horse doesn't even know where it is at but then for a racehorse it's a track that's made by people it's a track that's known very well known like it's maintained by people and that was one thing God just asked me and this was this the second point I got was I think a month ago when dr. Bell preached about all all hands on deck was when I got the second point and I'm like oh wow God just asked me how do you want your ministry to be Do you want your ministry to be a ministry that's just done by other people, that people have drawn a circle for you, that the enemy has drawn a circle for you and you just keep running in circles and th- then you feel like you're doing things, you feel like you're getting things done, but then you're just in that same place. Or do you want to be a war horse that goes to territories unknown, that, that, that goes to places, <laughs> you know, that, that goes to places that's never occupied before? Because let me tell you something, the world is big, it's huge, and Jesus said till everyone has heard the good news I'm not coming back so guess what church we have a lot of work to do there's a world out there that needs to hear this gospel let your ministry be a ministry that goes out to the unknown territories that goes where people don't know the truth that goes to darkness goes to places filled with darkness and brings light there so that was the second lesson going to my third lesson this was uh Think two Thursdays back when the when the special pastor from Rhode Island was here. What's the goal? You know, for a racehorse. People come to be entertained, people come as a time pass, people come to just watch it doing its things, some people place bets on the horses and and whichever horse wins they get money from it but then a war horse goes to places where there's people that's held captive to set a people free. Let your ministry not be an an entertainment where people come so that they are entertained, so that their ears are tickled, so that they hear things that they want to hear, but then let them hear the good news, let them hear truth being spoken. Where we see captive being set free. So, these were the three points that God just gave me who gets the glory, what's the ground that you're doing it on, and what's the goal. Ali, if you could just come up here. You know, as we are going out on impact, let it not just be the time when we do ministry. Just these 10 days, let it not just be that time that we do ministry. But then as we are here, let's just keep doing ministry every time. Being like, who's getting the glory when I do this? Is it God? If it's not God, step aside. Yeah. Who cares about you? Who cares about me? All that people need is Jesus. If Jesus wasn't involved in our lives, like as Michael preached, we would not be standing here. If it was not for his love that forgave our sins, especially mine was was way bad. But then if it wasn't for Jesus, I would not be standing here. So in the end, like in the conclusion, I just i just want to read this verse from second corinthians chapter 10 verse 3-4 to 4. though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds let us take on the put on the armor of god Hold on to this weapon that God's given us. Go where God sends us, go with the anointing that's placed on your life. And like in the end, I would just like to ask, how many, how many students, staff, faculties, guests, whoever you are, that will say in these last days, I'm gonna take a stand so that I don't get the glory, my ministry does not get the glory. But then there's only one person that will get the glory that's Jesus I will go to places unknown I will go do stuff that no one has done before because it's not me that does it but then it's God who does it through me and then in the end that I will see people being set free I will preach the good news See the blind blind receive sight. See miracles, signs, wonders start taking place in my ministry. All of us that say yes to that, can we all just rise up?
3: Thank you for listening to this podcast.
0: If you would like to know more about Faith Bob College International, please go to faithbci.org and find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next
1: time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference.